0: Hello, and thank you for joining us for How Have You Not Seen, a movie podcast where we fill in the gaps in each other's cinematic knowledge by asking important questions like You seriously never saw the taking of Pelham 123, or You've never watched memories of murder, or How Have You Not Seen Perks of Being a Wallflower? So again and thank you for joining us for how have you not seen i am your co-host caroline thompson i'm carson bats and this is a movie podcast for each week we pick one of our favorite movies that the other hasn't seen we talk about it then we go and watch the movie and we talk about it some more it's gonna be a a good time i'll go ahead and say a good time okay i'll go All ahead right. and say a good time okay uh and we'll just leave it there carson bets yes how have you not seen the perks of being a wallflower? Uh
1: it's I don't know. Um, I mean, there's no great answer for this one. I, I mean, I just never sought it out when it was when it was out. And then I just never saw, I don't know. There's I have no story with this one. It's just a movie I haven't seen. Sometimes no, that fair. happens. Sometimes it's
0: just a movie I haven't seen. Sometimes that does happen. Sometimes that yeah. do be happening. Um, but you have had now, and this is shocking and aging mm. me. Um, but uh you have had almost 11 years to see this
2: movie.
0: It came out September 21st, 2012. Oh, I hate that. I can't believe that was 10 years ago. I, I very guess. vividly remember seeing this movie in a theater as yeah, a adult. I, would
1: have, I would have been in high school. So that, yeah.
0: Yeah, this was my first semester of college. Yeah,
1: yep. That tracks. So. That makes sense. Woof.
0: Yeah. Um. Well- that having been said no great story no great anything what do you know about perks of being wallflower this is
1: one of those movies that i kind of associate with like i don't know like sad millennial girls so i mean there you go but uh first of all how dare you second of all (laughs) you're you're not wrong (laughs) um so it's i i feel as though there's a lot of quirk there's a lot of on we it's got emma watson in it right This is like her her post Harry Potter role. Mm -hmm. Um, I know the poster is she's got like she she's laying her head on some guy's shoulder. I'm trying to think if I know either the there's two boys in the poster. I'm trying to think if I know either of them.
0: You know both of them. (sighs) This is the um, especially one of them. Uh This is like the movie that catapults them into uh fame before before their oh 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 is it ezra miller it is it is okay
1: all right yep no I, i i knew they were in that um so ezra miller and oh can you give me a hint the other one
0: um i do feel
1: like i know it but it's like just at the edge of my brain
0: yeah let me what is a good hint for this one um he is an actor that you have absolutely seen in things who uh Some of the things are not bad, um, but this is kind of his, probably his goodest claim to fame. (laughs) His goodest claim Um, to fame. Another thing you might have seen him in is, like, I will give you a hint, it is, and I don't even know if you'll remember him from this movie, Mm -hmm. because kind of part of the point is that, like, he's a little non-memorable, but um, he is one of the main characters in one of the only David Ayer films I can stand.
1: Oh, Fury? hmm Okay. Not, it. A- oh, oh, um, uh, not Michael Pena. mm not, not Brad Pitt. Nope. Not
0: Shia LaBeouf. Nope. It's not John Berthall. That would be very John no Berthall. I'm trying to think who the fuck else is in Fury. Um, exactly. Exactly. I don't. I don't know who is it. His name is Logan Lerman. He Logan was, Lerman. Uh, yes, Percy I know Jackson. Logan Lerman. Yeah, Percy uh-huh. Jackson, th- th- in those movies. Um, yep. You know, a couple other things here and there. He who's apparently just in Bullet Train, which I have not seen.
1: He. Um, yes. Yes. He is in, Bu- in Bullet Train. Yeah.
0: But uh, yeah. I didn't really. You know, he's a guy who's in stuff yeah yeah he's in
1: bullet train i mean come on everybody's favorite blockbuster of the summer bullet train
0: yeah i remember it was one of those things when uh fury was coming out it's like oh my god and the kid from perks of being a wallflower is in it like he's about to blow the fuck up and then nothing really like nothing really
1: and that would have been about percy jackson time so yeah yeah yeah, he missed it he was about Mm -hmm. to
0: go from from like teen ya actor to like Mm -hmm. serious dramatic Actor World War ii
1: drama movie, yeah, just
0: kind of didn't didn't really pan out for for Logan, but he's young, he still has plenty of years. I'm sure he has. I'm sure he has tons of good work. And he him. was just in Bullet
1: Train. That means
0: he's worked with Brad Pitt two times. Look at Logan Lerman. You're right. That that yeah. is true. That yeah. is true. Uh huh. Um. Do you know anything else about this movie? I don't think I do. Do you know like the big quote? I, there was like two that popped into my head, but I'm pretty
1: sure those are just quotes from John Green books. So. I don't think that's right.
0: what do you what do you think they are? Not even quotes now. I'm thinking just bits because no, it's the it's the John Green book where the kid has cigarettes, but he doesn't smoke them. This is so this is not a John Green book. I know. I know. Okay. What I'm saying I just they
1: occupy the same like space in my brain. In yeah, terms of like sad millennial girl stuff, like I think you know? that's
0: mo- mostly fair. I think Perks is maybe, and maybe this is just, uh, maybe this is me being unfair to Mr. Sure. Green, who I have nothing against personally. <laughs> I, Seems like I a think, good dude. I think my summation is that Perks is like maybe a little bit more, like ever so slightly more elevated than a John Green. Yeah. I think it's more of okay. like a a work that is suitable for younger audiences about their struggles more so than uh more so than like a y like a like a capital y capital a y a thing mm-hmm. that's kind of in the way that john green's stuff is and again no shit uh, yeah. towards mr green oh, yeah but
1: yeah okay all right well uh, yeah i think that's about
0: but that's what but strong. but but guess the quote guess the quote guess the quote you've definitely heard it you've definitely heard it and guess i'm wondering if you have it in you um because there is like a quote Ezra
1: Miller says, "I'm gonna make contact with the Speed Force." Is that it? No. Okay.
0: No. Calls their
1: shot. Um, I don't know, Caroline. I don't. I don't have a
0: single idea. All right, that's fine. I will let you. I will let you. uh, I will let you watch watch. the movie and go. God damn it! All right. Okay. Um, because it is a quote that was on every, every, every teen girls Tumblr or Twitter. Or, God, what did we even use back then? I, I
1: can't even it been. It would have been pre-Twitter for most people. For that would have been yeah. a Tumblr, Facebook.
0: But just, like, it was absolutely every girl in the world said it as their Facebook status at one point with probably <sighs> a crying emoji or a heart emoji after it. Um, oh, my God, this was 11 years ago. This is kind of tripping me out a little bit. Um, yeah. Because I really do remember this uh, like it was pretty much yesterday. This I, I remember seeing this in, in the cinema uh, for the first time. So that having been said, are you ready to move into our little game? I'm
1: so ready. Let's do it. I'm born ready.
0: Wonderful. So this film actually has a pretty stacked cast and I was super, super, super excited, um, to utilize that for a little game called six degrees of Laura Dern. Beautiful. Beautiful. I was going to use, I was going to use our, our lead Logan Lerman, Mm -hmm. um, However, then I remembered Emma Watson is in this movie. And Emma Watson worked directly with I was about friend say, the friend of the pod, Laura Dern. Emma Watson. Uh, just 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 a few years ago. And in, 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 in a film that was one of both of their most prominent like films in the last couple of years. So I was like, I'd damn, say, that breaks I- the game emma watson's only prominent
1: film in the last decade
0: yeah well i don't know about the last decade yeah. i mean she wasn't she wasn't beauty and beauty
1: the beast. and the beast but nobody <laughs> was she did she did
0: very much interrogate wait a second she... if the prince was bad why did he why did the witch turn all of the 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 the, the servants into plates and she dancing dared
1: dared to be she has hard,
0: some hard-hitting questions very true um but so then I just decided, you know what, we're going to, we're just going to, we're just going to pick Emma Watson. She's the female lead of the film. Certainly, it's certainly a bit of a uh, Logan Lerman's film. Mm-hmm. He is certainly the lead, but Emma Watson is is the the female lead. So, Carson, if you can, make mm-hmm. a chain from Emma Watson to Laura Dern. And it of cannot be Emma Watson just within. Just being Emma Watson is, yeah, yeah, okay. It cannot um, just be Emma Watson within, uh was in Little Women with Lori Dern. Hmm. Though if you can reconnect to Little Women, you can.
1: I mean, I would love to. I love Little Women. Um, Let's see. I'm Watson. You do have, because of Harry Potter, you do have the immediate access to just every British character actor. That's true. Which,
2: yeah.
1: Or I could just do that. Wait. Um, what's he been in? Okay. That's gotta be something wait okay i got it this is kind of a cheat and it is going to result in me revealing the movie that we're doing next week okay next week we're going to be talking about denny Vigneuve's enemy um and i was considering doing this game for that movie but i kind of had the same thing with emma watson where i realized isabella rossellini who's in that movie was in like two two other movies with Laura dern so I, I have this on the brain but it, it works so you go uh emma watson, is in take your pick of Harry Potter movie. Let's say uh, the third one, Azkaban. Sure. It's an Azkaban with Daniel Radcliffe, who's in Swiss Army Man with Paul Dano, who's in Prisoners with Jake Gyllenhaal, who's in Enemy with uh, Isabella Rossellini, who is in uh, Blue Velvet with Laura Dern. Okay, it's a long so, chain, but it's one. So that velvet.
0: was that was um, Radcliffe Dano. Um Jillian Rossellini, Hall, Rossellini
1: five. Yep. Well, cool. so
0: so four actors in between. Yeah. I beat you by one. Shit. Okay. I beat you by one. Yeah. It said Emma Watson is in Perks of Being a Wallflower with Paul Rudd. Who oh, in Paul getting- Rudd's in this. He is. Who is in Triggering Sarah Marshall with Jason Siegel? Okay. Who was in The Muppets with Chris Cooper and with Miss Piggy, but with Chris Cooper, who was in Little Women with Laura Dern
1: sam the eagle too you can't forget and him, sam the eagle yes yeah, yes, yes yeah yeah
0: okay also that's fun good. fact paul rudd is the one who says the line so well maybe
1: i just in my head i did wait he he says look at us who would have thought that's what he says not no. me no, no.
0: okay <laughs> okay all right well that having been said kirsten are you ready to go watch the perks of being a wallflower
1: oh yeah absolutely
0: all right well we will see you guys in just a minute when we finish watching the movie We are back.
2: We we're back. I think you meant we accept the love we think we deserve.
0: Yes, we are back, and we are accepting the love. The the, the Carson. Yeah, just I I a little bit before this, I was yeah. like, "Oh, did you catch the line?" And you were like, "No, what line?" And I was like, "Where were you in 2013 and 12 and also 11 from the bug?" And
1: <laughs> okay, okay. um... I I think I think the thing about that line is is that I've seen it written like on so many cross stitches and like posted on people's Instagram profiles so many times uh-huh. that like I think I've always assumed that that's like something from a self help book from the 90s like it's just so ingrained itself in my brain that hearing it in a movie did not set off my, oh, this movie is like iterating this line right now. It just set off my like, oh yeah, well that's a thing people say and this movie's saying it.
0: Yes. Yeah, I fair. That is very uh,
1: such that I just didn't even I didn't even notice it. Like it it didn't even hit me.
0: Yeah. Well and and one other thing too that like I was very surprised by when I saw this movie Mm -hmm. because I knew the line um Mm -hmm. is it's almost one of those like The line that I equate it to is almost like I'll be back in Terminator where it's like it's said so casually and so not as a mic drop moment in the narrative, you know, like especially Paul Rudd's delivery of it. It's very like it isn't that thing where like the music swells and he like looks into the camera and he's just like, Charlie, I'm going to tell you something very important we accept the love we think we did. It's, it's very much just like, he's like, hey, why do people do this? And he's like, ah, you know, here's my answer. And yeah. so it is kind of like, almost like a blink and you miss it. And I think in a novel, you, you know, it, maybe that stands out a bit more because it's a bit more profound and you can kind of put whatever sauce on it you want in your brain almost and you can mm-hmm. like reread it and you can and I'm I, I haven't read the book but I would assume that's probably like a chapter break like he probably says that line and then it's like a blank page underneath it but I don't know I'm guessing um where like in a movie like he just kind of throws it off it's kind of yeah yeah like yeah yeah
1: yeah absolutely um can I can I also disclose something about this movie that I did not know yeah into it. So I did not know that this movie took place in 1991 for the first hour of watching the movie.
0: That okay? Um, How did that impact your experience? uh, uh,
1: So how that impacted my experience was it multiple times because I just assumed like oh this is essentially you know this this is taking place in a time which is analogous to the film you know like when it came out rather Um, right. So like essentially every like cultural reference that was made to like music or books or anything I was like I was very annoyed by because I was like that is uh, because I was like oh my god yeah of course that like some fucking high schoolers in 2009 like they think they're so cool for liking you know insert blank And here's the thing, all of those, you take all those cultural references and put them in the early 90s, and they are actually kind of, like, cool, you know, underground recent things. Like, to the point where, like, (laughs) going under the bridge, and it's playing Heroes by David Bowie, and in my brain, I'm like, it's fucking David Bowie! How do you not know it's David Bowie? Like, this is not, like, you know, this is not an unknown song, like, you can't go home and be like, hey, mom and dad, what's this song? And, they, and they'll and they immediately know. Like, and then an hour in, my roommate walked in and uh, I said something to that effect to her. And she's like, well, it takes place in 1991. And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, yeah, that's like when the book takes place. That's like when the movie takes place. And I was like, oh, 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 that's why they don't know that it's Bowie. Oh, the puzzle pieces just, like, click yeah, together, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Like, it was very weird to
1: me. And I don't know. It's something that even without that, I think, is is a little on the silly side. That, like, Paul Rudd's, like, y- you know, the voiceover's like, you know, Paul Rudd's character gave me all of, like, the cool novels that he likes. And it's, like, catcher in the rye. And I'm like, yeah, no, you're, like, required to read that. That's, like, required reading in high school English classes. Like, that's not, like, a cool underground book anymore. That's But, you know, in 1991, that makes more sense. So I I think that's kind of my take generally about this movie. This is a movie... I liked a lot of this movie. I think there's a lot of cool stuff in it. Um, I was charmed by a good amount of it. I also think that had I watched this when I was in high school, when it came out, in kind of the pre-Tumblr era... I would have enjoyed it a lot more, um, but watching it now for the first time as in a, a like a full grown adult man in 2023, <laughs> I, I I am I I was like no like this aesthetic and this thing that is trying to be represented by this movie does feel just like so 2013 Tumblr.
0: Yes, that like
1: it It just sort of not for, not by the fault of the movie itself, but just by my cult, like my cultural knowledge and my relation to that cultural knowledge. It kind of grates on my brain a little bit like it just kind of sands the edges of my brain off, you know?
0: No, absolutely. I mean, I think that it is. I mean, I think that this is kind of this is a very, very good both in terms of quality and in terms of accurate, this is a very good 2012 film. Like this is very much like a film that's just like, I mean, that is, I mean, I remember seeing this in the theater when it came out um, and just like being like blown away by it. And I do think watching it again as an adult it is that thing of like you know you do almost have this weird like I almost had this weird like almost like three parallel timelines going on when I was watching this right is I'm like thinking yeah. back to like oh my god this is very much like this is very it feels very accurate especially being like uh you know like a like a young queer kid um like that's what it felt like to be a high school freshman and I'm remembering what it felt like because this film came out my first semester of college Mm -hmm. so it was very much like looking back on my high school experience um and like remembering what that uh felt like and then like kind of like watching it as an adult like being like oh my gosh like and you know i i was kind of having like almost like a like a like a three-tiered like timeline Mm -hmm. experience if you will and i do think that a lot of the mileage of this movie does come from getting to it when you're young. But I also think that like it is, a very, it is a very good encapsulation of a lot of what being a teenager is. It's it's the
1: thing that I kind of thought about it, not in terms of my like my experience watching this movie as it was happening, because that's a different thing, in terms of my like meta te- like me thinking of this movie now in a sort of metatextual way, it does feel and I think maybe this is even kind of to the film's detriment as a whole it It feels so adolescent. like its emotions are so adolescent. The way it tells its story is so adolescent. like and to the point where like, yeah, if I and this book because this movie came out, my uh would have been my sophomore year of high school. So if I had watched this movie when it came out, it would have seared itself into my mind. Like, yes, if, of course. I think yeah. it would have described, like, like, and, and it would have described my high school experience so kindly. I'll say to, to your experience as a queer person, I'll say my experience as the, like, token straight kid in a group full of people that were either queer or kind of, you know, cooler and more, like, older than me. Like, I did feel, I'm like, oh, yeah, this was weirdly... Not to to the extremes of Charlie, and we'll talk about that. But in terms of, I came into high school, I had no friends. My middle school experience was very bad. Um, uh, Looking back on it now, my mental health was uh, poor. And uh, I came into high school and uh, met some kids, some of them older than me. Some of them openly or not openly gay. And... Like, they kind of taught me what music was cool, and I started watching movies that I thought were interesting. And, like, having that turning point as a person in high school or even in college, I think is so, it's so important for so many, like, young, you know, bohemian artist-type people, like we at least style ourselves to be, that I think it's, like, such a universal experience that not not a lot of you know movies really exactly touch on that thing of like, oh, there comes a point in your adolescence where like someone or a group of people kind of gift you the knowledge of like, here's the cool shit, yeah, and like that so fundamentally changes your relationship to like everything to the entire world,
0: yeah well i'm I'm interested to hear you to hear your take on why the film being adolescent is almost to the detriment of it because i almost feel the opposite i almost feel like if you take this exact script and direct it like an episode of one tree hill mm-hmm. it's like it is th- the worst thing that will ever be committed to to film you know because like for for how like dramatic and like earth shattering many of the events in this film are to the characters it isn't like it is shot and edited and acted and directed in a way that is very small Mm -hmm. in so many ways and so extremely intimate. And I feel like for me anyway, that is to the credit of the film, because I mean, like, I think that's why like a lot of like aesthetically, I think, you know, like the, the camera work of this one is very 2012, right? Like it's very like up close, like, Like a pretty like low contrast digital, like, you know, digital photography, Um, like, yeah. But I I do think in terms of the execution of like the direction and the acting of the scenes, I I feel like because it is a lot more intimate Mm -hmm. and it portrays those adolescent things way more accurately to real life than you know perhaps your 16 candles you know that really like that really like this is the most important thing that's ever gonna happen you know the the very like momentous like i i I almost feel like the adolescence of this film it makes it better for me no i i i think
1: it's a double-sided coin i mean i i I was kind of thinking that exact same thing but on the other other side because i think the the script and i have not read the book i don't know again this is a movie that was we have not said this but this was a movie that was adapted by the writer of the book
0: yes yes it is is, the screenplay is written and the film is directed by the guy who wrote the book also director of dear evan hansen which we can get into which is
1: crazy let's we'll we'll talk about that in a minute that's the next thing because we do have to talk about that um so like the script of this does it it feels to me the script of this really says like this is high school this is the most important thing that will ever happen like all of this is so huge and the direction i think kind of follows that not in in a in a in a you know not naturalistic but fairly realistic style compared to something like you know whatever 60 candles or you know um but i think it really does kind of it belies like no all of this is so important um, I do think if you kind of, if you direct this with any amount of cynicism or with your, like, if you put your tongue in your cheek, like, even a little bit, you know, if you turn this into, I don't, you know, whatever, Gossip Girl or One Tree Hill or something, um, it it becomes so silly that you you just can't even, you just can't, you just can't even watch it. Like, everything Correct. about this movie, like, every... Everything about this movie, anytime a character says something that makes me go kind of like, oh, man, I don't know, like makes me cringe a little bit. Um, if you if the movie does not think that that is the most important thing and does not shoot it and depict it incredibly sincerely, then like that cringe just kills the entire movie. It's like, OK, well, then this is all fucking, si- you know, the movie's aware of how fucking silly this is. But if this is a movie about adolescence and a movie about high school and you do you depict these things really sincerely and you allow the characters to kind of, you, you know, you kind of experience these things the way that the characters do. I still, as an adult person watching this for the first time in 2023, go, all right, okay, this is so Tumblr, this is so high school. Like, I know I can almost figure out exactly what these people are gonna say to each other in certain instances, but like, God, I mean, it's so sincere and like teenagers are so sincere and like that, you know, it's an accurate depiction of teenagers in that way um so yeah i mean like i think that the style of this thing suits its suits the material of the writing really well you know yeah
2: yeah we talked about this a lot not to compare this movie to the sam raimi spider-man trilogy but hold on with me for a second um
0: he says as carson drinks out of his spider-man mug but we talked about
2: that a lot with when we were talking about that trilogy is movies just aren't Sincere anymore, and yeah. like, like you're saying, Carson. Even the times when what it's so interesting because you said like if I had watched this in 20, uh, was this 2012? 2012 yeah, when yeah, it came yeah, out. Yeah, um, I would have latched onto it. This was one of my favorite movies for the longest time, and I, I think probably yeah. still is just like absolutely. I think it's gorgeous, mm-hmm. but I do think I had I had that moment. Um, I watched this in two chunks. I had that moment both times I started it. Where I was like, oh God, oh no, I'm too old for this. Oh my God, yeah. this doesn't this doesn't work anymore. And then you sit with it for five minutes and you're just like, Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of silly that they're saying that. But also, isn't being a hormone-filled little teenage gremlin monster the hardest thing in the world? And like, I probably would have said those things too. I did yeah. say those things. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Well, and that's the thing, is I I mean, like, you know, it's kind of there, you know, there's a thing that I remember, uh, like, you know, talking about in in theater school, um, you know, like, where we're talking about, like, how everything needs to be, like, hyper important to the characters and whatnot. And, like, one of our professors at one point said this to me, which really stuck, which is, like, whatever you're telling a story about is the most important thing that, like, has happened to this character. Because if something else more important happens to this character in in their life like we would be making a movie or a play about that. Like, you know, um, and so it is that thing where it's like for, for the narrative to work like these things do need to be very important. But like, I do get the sense from this film, like, especially because of the way, like so many of the narrative things kind of like come in and are doled out. And like, you know, there's, there are so many things, there, there are so many issues that like all high schoolers face in some way or another that, kind of come in but are never like the main focus. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like uh like cousin Greg slapping like his older sister, right? Like <laughs> sorry, uh, not
2: um, not a funny thing, but just no, I know. I didn't cousin say Greg. cousin Greg. Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, but you know, like ponytail Derek. Uh yeah. Almost almost a way sillier thing the, to the, to p- the ponytail there
1: to Cousin Greg pipeline yeah. is yeah um, so strong.
0: You know, like that's a moment and that's a thing that the characters have to deal with, but it isn't a movie about a you know a high schooler who has to deal with his sister uh, you know in an abusive relationship you know like there's there's the whole like there are several like things with um sam emma watson's character about like slut mm-hmm. shaming and like mm-hmm. almost like i don't know the film doesn't really get into it but there's like yeah guys you to get her drunk at parties and like it's, yeah it it doesn't really get into a lot of the implications of that. And so like, but, you know, and, you know, with, um, obviously, uh, you know, a uh, kind of elf in the room, Ezra Miller's character, we can have a Ezra Miller bad corner here in a second, yeah. but, you know, just like the homophobia and like yeah. all of the, the shitty things, like the way these things kind of like come and go and are like important, but they're also like not the main focus of the film, Like, yes, I do think that I do think that it in that very like narrative way, it's like, oh, yeah, this is the most important. Like, these are the most important things that will ever happen. But I don't think that the film is saying high school is the most important thing that will ever happen to you in your life. And like everything Mm. that happens in high school is the most important. I do think it just kind of is like the film just kind of looks around and goes. okay, can we all just agree that we all went through so fucking much? and like Can we just talk about that for like five minutes? Yeah like and you know and i watched this movie i i truly didn't expect so many people to come over but like i just posted it was like a wednesday night like in between our our recordings and i posted in like my my gay girl group chat um and i was just like by the way i was like i have to watch perks of being a wallflower for the podcast tonight so i was Mm -hmm. like i was like if anybody wants to like if anybody like that film is going to be playing on my tv in my living room if anybody wants to come by and i had like a couple of my friends come over and we all watched it and we did just kind of have that moment of just like fuck like that was really hard wasn't it like and we all like none of us really had to get into anything but we are just like damn high school was
1: rough wasn't it yeah 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 i i let's we got to get into kind of talking about at least some of the movie proper before that i yes. do want to briefly have the the dear of Hansen corner which <laughs> yes. is that like every it's one of those things where i kind of look at those two movies and i'm like it's weird that the guy who directed perks being a wallflower who wrote and directed it who seems to you know for all the things that i that i th- think about this movie are are silly or the sincerity kind of like turns into saccharin or you know what like all that It is a well-made film that looks good, that has things to say about the teenage experience, that, you know, has characters who are likable and nice and that you enjoy spending time with. And, like, Dear Evan Hansen feels, like, if you just hate this movie, if you're like, this is a half-star movie for me, I feel like in your brain, Dear Evan Hansen is what you think this movie is. Like everything yes. about that, yeah. like everything about this movie that I find to be like, ah, that kind of turned me off a little. That's a little, that's a little too broad. That's a little too saccharine, whatever. Like, Dear Evan Hansen takes that and just smooths out all the complexity. Um, the camera work is—I was like, surprised. I was like, I realized it was the Dear Evan Hansen guy. I was like, oh, is the camera work in this movie just going to be kind of sitcom esque in the way that the Dear Evan Hansen is? And like, no, it looks pretty good. Like for a, you know, for a first feature film from a guy who had not directed anything before, it looks pretty freaking good, especially compared to van Hansen. And I am, it makes me more fascinated than I already was with the production of van Hansen, because now I just want to know what the hell happened. Like, why? Like, right. why did well, it turn into that?
0: Well, so my take is I understand, <laughs> I understand how on paper- an mm-hmm. idiot would arrive at the decision of we're adapting Dear Evan Hansen, get the guy who made perks of being a wallflower. Yeah. Yeah. Like I understand, like, like it is such a bad decision in like watching this film. Like, I feel like if you watched this film and read this book, mm-hmm. and then we sat you down in a Broadway theater and we're just like and showed you Dear Evan Hansen and we're just like, okay, should we adapt this movie? Or should we adapt this uh, stage show in the style of those two other things? The extremely obvious answer is no. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, yeah. are you insane? However, I understand how an idiot in a boardroom yeah. would yeah. be like, "All right, dear Evan Hansen, this like, you know, we're we're we're, we're putting it on film. You know, it's this, it's this like." real raw emotional story of a kid with like mental health issues and who's like in over his head who's struggling with how awkward and terrible it is to come of age oh you know who we should get the perks of being a wallflower guy like I understand how that happens in a boardroom Mm -hmm. and how anybody hears that idea come out of somebody's face and is like yes is beyond me but like that's kind of my take is it's like I understand on paper if you do like break each one down into buzzwords, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Each of them down into corporate buzzwords, like synergy. You I see how they have the same buzzwords on paper, but aesthetically are so horrendously ill suited to be close to one another. Particularly the
1: fact that it's a musical. I mean, it's the exact same impulse that is like, okay, well, what if we do La a Rob in the
2: style of the King's speech? You know, like it's. Yes,
0: exactly. Yeah. yeah it's like yeah. dumbest thing I've ever heard.
2: You guys know that Stephen Chomsky wrote the screenplay for the live action Beauty and the Beast?
0: That trash. That's
2: a crime. That's a crime. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Let's uh, so
1: talk about this movie proper a little bit. I will say. um this is definitely an, an oh they're in this movie hundred uh, percent oh my gosh yeah every every it's you know doing that oh, those opening credits and every single name that came up on screen I was like oh my god oh my god Great oh yeah.
0: oh every, you know uh, Kate Walsh oh yeah every single name in the credits is either holy shit mm-hmm. they would go on to be so much bigger or yeah. oh my god of course you cast that person in this movie in twenty twelve. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um,
0: Like the, Dylan McDermott as the dad? I'm yes. Sure. That is something was 2012.
1: It's so, fun. like, it's exactly the point at which he could be. Oh, it's funny. Um, yeah. Except for, I will say, the only name that I kind of briefly had a, a what? Was a, a Johnny Simmons. And then I saw that it was Young Neil, and I went, <laughs> What's his name? It's Young Neil. We've talked about him on this yes, show. Yes, we have. Um, yeah, he, oh, golly. Um, so... Man, do we even want to go through this movie? Can we just can we just talk about the characters? I think that's a better way of going through this
2: movie. Yeah, I don't think
1: yeah, we need I to know. Go. It's, it's so far. character based. Okay. Um, Logan Lerman. Let's just, we're just. I'm just gonna go down the Wikipedia list. That's how we're gonna do this. Uh, Logan Lerman as Charlie Kilmekis. Uh, he's fine. He's pretty good. I think. I think he's a. I think he's a.
0: Uh, he's pretty good. Yeah, I would he's, give him more than he's fine. He's pretty good. I would give yeah. him like. I
2: think he's great in this.
0: Yeah. I think he's given he's given
1: a little bit of, a little bit more complexity to this character than I think is necessary for this character to work in this movie because uh Charlie is obviously the center of the film. He is sort of the I mean he's literally a wallflower. That's the whole thing is that he's supposed to kind of be there observing things which are happening around him which uh you know characters who are a little bit more uh exaggerated or flamboyant or more at least on the surface interesting than he is um and he's uh, he's like giving a real performance, and I'm you know that's that's cool.
0: Yeah, no, I yeah. I agree, and and I hear in your voice that what you are saying is a compliment, so I'm gonna let it slide. But I do think yes. he is. I do think, I mean, I think he's really good. I mean, I think that there is a reason why there was like three years there where people were like, oh my god, Logan Lerman, Logan Lerman, yeah. blow up. Yeah. Like I was watching this with uh, one of my friends, and she was like. She was like Logan Lerman was like such a crush of mine back then and I was like that's what my roommate said I was like I was like, was like what? what did you see him in and she's like this and Percy Jackson and I was like and it's like the only other movie I can name is Fury with Brad Pitt and she goes didn't see that mm-hmm. I was like what else did you see him in and she was like I don't know but he was there and I think he was on like some TV too um, but I, yeah, but I mean, I think this was, did a
2: lot of the heavy heavy lifting for the crushes. I think this movie specifically.
0: But he's not particularly
1: crushable. No, he's not. It's kind of my, uh, and we'll get to it. I think when we talk about Emma Watson, but it, it's, I think my like main issue with this movie is that I don't understand why Emma Watson likes him.
0: <laughs> like, uh, I mean, not he's like a sweetie pie. I mean, I understand yeah, why she likes him, but
1: he's not like him. a. He's not like a like a sweetie pie you want to you want to date necessarily um but you know maybe i'm wrong about that clearly cuz my roommate walked in and was like logan lerman and i was like what why um but also i think there's definitely an effect to when you have and i was thinking P- uh, percy jackson too when it's like okay who's this kid gonna kiss in movies uh emma watson who uh was we forget because now she's basically just a girl boss like feminism influencer i guess more
0: than she is an actor sure i would say she's more of a public figure there sure. <laughs> you're than coming
2: actor. in with some chaos this I, morning i
0: i i, I
1: know but i go apologize on, go i knew on. this was gonna happen i knew this was gonna happen um but she was like everyone's biggest crush in 2012 um and then like Percy Jackson it was like who's Logan Lerman going to kiss? Alexandria Diodario, the most beautiful woman that's ever existed. Literally, you
0: know? the like yeah, I was just watching she's on season 1 of the Lo- the White Lotus, which I just watched. Mm-hmm. And I was just like I was like, "Yes, like if I if I was if I was ever on a date with Alexandria D'Addario, like I would be like, yeah, this woman's very beautiful and I'm very attracted mm-hmm. to her." Uh, but like just in terms of like no, like aesthetically and uh, like whatever like like objectively the most beautiful person to have ever been birthed like yeah yeah
1: like i I will always say that about alexandria Diodario is like there are people that i find personally to be more attractive than her but in terms of that just like facial symmetry like raw like she looks like a greek statue you know like she's just got that so perfectly um yeah but uh, okay, so let's move on. Emma Watson her okay. the this accent is
0: rough. it's so it's, bad. that's the thing I was not gonna good. say it's it's actively bad. it's, it's really it's, hard. It's there are moments really that bad. sound straight up like a southern drawl, yeah, yeah, um, which like, yeah, yeah, I
1: think they my thought was like, you should have just
0: she's british adopted anyway yeah, yeah. Like you
1: should have just made her british and i think that would have been less distracting also i mean i think that that as a choice kind of works because for so much of the movie she's you know she she's kind of she's at least for charlie like a little outside of his usual experience she's so special she's so you know she's put on a tier above everybody else like having that is the thing that kind of sets her apart I, I, you know, makes more sense than just she sounds like she's got rocks in her mouth sometimes.
0: Yes, Um, 110%. That is exactly, that is exactly what it sounds like.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, God, just the way she, like, trips. And it's one of those things where as soon as she walked onto screen, whatever that, like, first line she says at the football game, it hit me and I was like, oh, no. Like, oh, this is what it's going to be. Uh-oh. Um... And she's good. Uh, Emma Watson is not my favorite actor. yeah, i've 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 never found her to be the most compelling screen presence. but she's she's good. she She does her job in this movie. Um she is she's is my least favorite of the March Sisters. I'll put it that way,
0: well, um, yes, but yeah. also, I mean, like Meg is always everyone's least favorite across every adaptation and including yeah. in the original novel. I'm Team Amy Tag yourself. I am Team Amy. Mm. uh pretty much every single time forever is that Florence Pugh yes yes
1: I do not know that much about Little Women and its various adaptations as to have a like favorite sister but in terms of performances in that movie I am very much team Florence Pugh yeah she is Uh, so good in that movie yes um all right (laughs) um I I don't think we have to like talk about it but in place of talking about all the stuff, I'm just gonna say Ezra Miller. Yes. Yes. As, as, as whoa, I'm just now realizing that this character's name is Patrick Stewart. Oh. Is his last
0: name Stewart? <laughs> yeah, per- according to Wikipedia. Fascinating. I knew obviously you know it's Patrick, but yeah. um no. Yes. Okay. So just the obligatory, like very problematic, very bad. Many yeah. a bad thing. Re cancel Flash, uncancel that Mm -hmm. girl. Yeah. Um, Oh, God. Yes. Et cetera, et cetera. This is, I mean, there is a reason why Ezra Miller is in this movie and then they explode and are in everything. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I remember seeing this film for the first time in the theater and like our, it was the first time I had ever seen them. And my friend who I went with, we were like, who the? buck is the kid who played yeah like the the gay friend in this patrick yeah. we're like that kid is unreal and it's still a really good performance yeah. they're
1: yeah. a transfixing screen presence like just and i mean and it's it, it works so well for the movie because like like patrick as a character is i mean almost similarly to sam like such a i don't know how to say it like almost a like less a person and more just a presence for so much of the movie. Like that's I think the power of that character is like by the time you get to, you know, all the shit with young Neil, and then um Patrick and Charlie start like taking those long drives, and you have that whole scene where like Patrick tries to kiss him. Uh and like finding out that like that like he's a real person and not just like a presence. You know, yeah, not just it's kind of like a flamboyant character is really, yeah, it really like hurts. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Incredible performance. A uh, bad person. Bad person. But
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Feel very, very similarly to reference other things we've done in this podcast. Feel very similarly to this performance as I do to uh, James Franco's and Spring Breakers, where it's like incredible central performance, a uh, bad individual
2: human being. Such yes. a good comparison. <laughs>
1: Okay, yeah. Um, This is maybe a hot take. My goat performance of this movie, Mae Whitman as Mary Elizabeth. I I have always been a Mae Whitman stan. Anytime she comes up, I'm like, oh my God, Mae Whitman. I think it is, and this movie does it too, but I think it does it in a more interesting way. I find it to be, um, I hate Hollywood that the thing with Mae Whitman is that she's always like the kind of dumpy friend of the attractive girl
0: uh-huh. because yes. May Whitman's a
1: fucking cutie. Um, this My favorite scene in this movie by a long shot is the scene where they get home from the prom and she's putting on music and she's trying to put the moves on Charlie, which it's is so sad. sad. It's so sad. It's <laughs> so sad. And it's like the thing about it that makes it so sad to me. And that makes it kind of complex is that she is older And she does, in some ways, have a lot more power than him in this situation. She is older and more experienced, and Charlie has never done this before. And for that reason, she's able to just kind of keep pushing forward with it. But she lacks that central tenet of confidence, like, so hard. Ah, it just, oh... Oh, well, the entire the entire scene. I was just sitting there. I like pulled my knees to my chest and was just like, oh no. Oh yeah. no. Oh, honey, no. Oh, just stop it. Please stop it. I see why you're doing this, but please don't do this. Like and then the turn of her of the parents coming home and just being like, I can't believe you're my boyfriend is the is I I cackled. I laughed so hard.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. That was like. Absolutely devastating. Oh. That's... Uh every time. Just I can't believe you're my boyfriend. Almost as devastating <laughs> as, and I don't know that I would give her my GOAT performance, yeah. but like I I I I think she's a very good character. Yeah. But the the unparalleled cringe of kiss the prettiest girl in the room and then he kisses. Oh, oh my god. And like that
1: is that's that was a good scene. That was one of those like yeah, that's the kind of dumb shit that high schoolers do to each other. Like, truly, the when like your hormones are so explosive that you just can't, you can't even have enough of a brain to like spare someone's feelings like that. Yes. Oh, Horrible. But yeah, I uh, love Mae Whitman. I don't know. It also like because I'm such a huge, um, I already referenced Young Neil because I'm such a huge Scott Pilgrim fan. Something about. Mae Whitman being cast as a character named Mary Elizabeth when like a year later she was in a movie with Mary Elizabeth Winstead in which she played her ex-girlfriend. I don't know. It's my hits my brain weird. Like really And Johnny it, Simmons is
0: also there. And yes, and Young
1: Bill <laughs> is like there in the same room. Like, yeah, really, really, you know. Um, all right, Paul Rudd. Uh I didn't love and this is maybe another hot take. I didn't love Paul Rudd's performance in this movie.
0: Go on. He
1: is, uh, and here's my take, uh, too cool. (laughs) He's, there is, uh, cause there's something about that character and you never really get enough. Like, it's, it's just a weird thing about that character's relation to the movie generally is like you, he's, he's very important to Charlie, but you don't really ever get any interiority from him until the very end of the movie And so I don't know, maybe if he had been given, if the performance had been given a little bit more time to breathe, maybe I would have enjoyed it more. But there was something about Paul Rudd being Paul Rudd, who is one of the most just kind of effortlessly, just cool vibe, like vibing out on a cloud dudes in Hollywood. Um, The cloud. Like, that's what he is, though. And like, mm -hmm. I get why you cast him as like a cool teacher. I get it. But then by the end of the movie, just kind of asking him to be like a little bit like, like representing the way that like adolescent, like adolescent cool kind of clashes with reality. Like having that scene where he's like, you know, oh, he's a writer and he's like, you should be a writer. You got to do what I couldn't do, kid. And it's like kind of sad. It's a little pathetic that he's like, oh, I got stuck doing this, but he's kind of made his peace with it. I don't know. I think there's just like, a little bit more complexity to that character that a different actor giving a different performance could have
2: brought out. Um, Here's the thing. Woody yeah. Harrelson, you watch Woody Harrelson in The Edge of Seventeen, thinking none of those teacher characters are ever going to read quite the same ever again yes, no yes. one's ever going to be able to do it like Woody Harrelson in The Edge of Seventeen.
1: I was thinking, no, Corey, that's exactly it. The entire movie, I was thinking like, God, man, Woody Harrelson did this exact thing, but like so much better.
0: yeah. I don't even I dislike
2: the Paul Rudd performance. Like, I, I I think the character is just kind of aggressively fine. Yeah. But what, I think what you're saying can be distilled down to, like, you want him to be Woody Harrelson and he's just not. I,
1: yeah. And, like, I, I said, I also, I mean, I said it earlier. I think that Paul Rudd's kind of his wink, nod, tongue-in-cheek demeanor in this movie and in most movies. Um It really exacerbates, I I mentioned it earlier when we were talking about it, but it really exacerbates the like, hey, isn't this a cool reference kid? Like him And I get it, like, I get it. We're referencing Catcher in the Rye because this movie has similarities to Catcher in the Rye. Like it's, you know, we're pointing out the fact that there's like some some cultural exchange going on between these two works of fiction. Um, But like him, like giving him Catcher in the Rye and just being like, it's my copy. I'm like, Paul Rudd, you're too, come on you're too cool you're i don't i don't believe you're being sincere here like there's something about this that's kind of setting me
0: off fair enough yeah i don't know i mean i i I like the performance fine i think i just yeah I, i i feel like this film overall and i feel like kind of the the different places carson you and i are like maybe like viewing this from is i feel like the film gets a lot of mileage out of just being like like small and it doesn't have to be super fleshed out and you can mm-hmm. kind of just like if you just kind of like if you just kind of take it at face value which is maybe not like the best way to watch a movie but i i do just kind of feel like i don't know i feel like i feel i feel like my brain because this film is so kind of like sentimentally constructed i do feel like my brain fills in both both fills in a lot of the gaps and sands off a lot of the Edges that you're Mm -hmm. talking about because it is a very it's a very broad film Mm -hmm. but it's also very subjective and it but it also in so many ways is like kind of like kind of universal in that like charlie himself like and yes he has like his trauma which we get into towards the end of Mm -hmm. the film um and all that stuff like kind of all of the problems are happening more around him. Mm-hmm. And so like, I don't know. I guess like I don't know we got I got onto this coming from the Paul Red performance, but I I I do kind of think like I don't take umbrage with a lot of what's in this movie because it is kind of just so like vibesy and broad, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I I I think to not to disagree,
1: but all the stuff to kind of I think compliment your statement there. Um and you talked about it before but like all the stuff that works best uh, here. okay here's how I'll put it all the stuff that works best about this movie for me is the stuff that feels like catcher in the rye which i think is as i said very much what uh Chablosky's going for here is like doing catcher in the rye but what if it took place in the 90s um is that like anytime i don't Noah's, i don't th- i don't i don't think i agree with that at all i mean it's not very- that exactly but there's there are references to that i mean like it it's being you know, like the central character, who's like a disaffected teenage boy with like mental health issues that he's not talking about for most of the movie, well, sure. is like, is like, but is 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 giving the narration through the film from him in a in a mental institution, and he arrives there at the end.
0: Yeah. Like, like that's you know that like okay, I'll grant I'll grant you that. Much, it's mirroring.
1: It's mirroring yes. the catcher in the rye, like like um like the bones of catcher in the rye it's mirroring yeah yeah, you know, yeah format. okay fair enough yeah. fair enough um obviously very different like this movie doesn't take place in new york city like it's you know whatever but like all the stuff in catcher in the rye that really works for me is the stuff that's like and i mean i'm not like oh i'm i'm really <laughs> given the juice on catcher in the rye like this is you know a a noted aspect of uh like one of the great works in the american canon like so much of that book is it is like things that are implied is things that are like, because the book's written subjectively, like you don't really understand Oh, what happened before, what is like, what actually happened here. It's just things that are implied in the way that Holden Caulfield's talking about things. And like that stuff in this movie really hits me. Like every time you just hear something new about a character and it feels very true to life, especially in your high school, you know, and it's like people have their traumas and they don't really talk about them necessarily, but every so often you get like a little bit of information about them or about something that happened that like, it just implies so much in your brain and it puts all these things together. It implies a history and implies a, you know, something more about their character. Like all of those moments really work for me in this movie, all the kind of broad emotionality sometimes really works for me. And sometimes like dips from sincere into saccharine. But yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know. That's my statement. Like I like, I like all the little, I like, you know, he kisses, they have the scene where they're, you know, uh, Patrick does the like kiss, oh, kiss the prettiest girl in the room. Mm -hmm. And he kisses, he kisses Emma Watson. And then, uh, you know, Mae Whitman runs out and, uh, and, and Charlie is like trying to fix it. And Patrick's just like, look, look, like there's history there. They've had, they've done this before. And it works because so many of the characters are older than Charlie. Like that's one of the explicit things that's happening. It's like, there's so much that he doesn't know about these people and their relationships and what they've been through in the last three years of high school. Like that stuff. I get a lot of juice out of that feels really true to life to me. Um, Yeah. And that's the stuff that also feels the most catcher in the right of me. I'm like, I, when that stuff happens, I go, okay, this is the kind of subjectivity that Shablosky is trying to imply with his references to that book.
0: Sure. Okay. What are some of the moments that you say, like some of them don't work and they feel too saccharine? Cause I'm curious.
1: Um, oh God, I'm trying to think specifically. Okay. The, the whole, this is a good example. I watched this movie like a week ago. I'm trying to remember, uh, I will say the whole ending of uh, Sam leaving for college, that whole thing, I don't love one because I think the editing is sort of choppy and odd. And I, again, I get what's, I get the sort of it then turning into the implying Charlie's mental breakdown. I understand that as like a reference. Um, that editing is so choppy that I, was like, what is going, like, what is actually happening here? Like, I I don't, like, the order of events is becoming very odd to me, which, like, again, I get how we're using that to mirror mirror Charlie's subjective experience, but to me, watching this movie, it kind of didn't work. Um, Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and, like, and then just, I don't know. I just don't like that he kind of gets Sam in the end. It's weird to me. I don't like it. That's the other part of that, that I'm like, I don't believe, like, that these two characters would feel like I don't believe that she'd feel this way about him. I don't know. It feels like this doesn't feel like life. This feels like a construction that this movie's making to like kind of wrap it up neatly in a bow.
0: Sure. I mean, I I see where you're coming from. I kind yeah. of disagree. Yeah. Um I mean, I I do think that the whole like I do think that the whole like, you know, mental break sequence is It's a lot and it's kind of very, you know, it's rather unsubtle, Mm -hmm. but I think it's effective. I think it's effective, especially just because like, you know, I mean, it, 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 it is that thing of, um, you know, it, it, it very much is that like, when you do have like pretty severe PTSD, like you're concept of time and place like gets like super fucked and like Mm -hmm. like I get that it's very obvious filmmaking, but I do think it's effective. And especially to cutting back and forth between his phone call with the sister. I think that's like super effective actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um but like I can see like to each their own, I suppose. Um I think it works. But I mean but I would also say like kind of like with a lot of this movie, I, I get the impression that it's like, you know, like he continues his relationships with Sam and Patrick. You know, and what we see in the movie is like, you know, at least till next semester, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, they're still buds and they're still pals and they're still friends. But like, again, kind of like what I was going back to a little bit earlier is like, I don't feel like. I don't feel like the thesis of this film is like and then you get to the end of high school and you figure out everything and you're cool and your life is all smooth sailing from there. I, I do yeah. feel like it, it's very much like. Yeah. And then like, you know, this is a story about a kid's first year at high school and like time went on and like they were still buds at least yeah. for a little bit oh. and like i i don't i don't get the sense that it's just like and then like charlie was able to get Sam, and then like forever they got married and had a bunch of kids and they were so rich and cool and then david bowie played heroes at their wedding <laughs> it, it's just kind of like you know and then they're and then, and then there's there's like shitty things happen you have your ups and downs with your friends but you know life goes on
1: yeah i i don't disagree with that at all i actually i'll I'll specify two things one that i like the particular moment that the film ends on i think is a lot better you know the kind of like well there's some mystery here there's some stuff that's up in the air it fundamentally this was just an experience that happened and it will continue on and life will keep going um And also, it just captures the thing that I think is, I don't know, real to my experience about being a teenager is there's just a lot of nights of one of your friends has a car and you drive around in their car. Yes. <laughs> and like, yep. and yep. there's a weird amount of like mystery and juice to that experience. Um, but also, I, I'll specify, I don't think that any of the macro level choices that Chablosky making around that breakdown sequence are bad. And I think a lot of them are effective. And I think it basically works. But... I do think the combination of the movie's tendency towards like just emotional maximalism and the fact that he is a first time director lead to a sequence that makes me just that I'm watching it. I'm just like, okay, I think a more experienced director and a more experienced editor could imply all of this with less like you could you could you could imply you could imply the loss of time and place just just doing it with with editing that is a little less jarring. Fair, yeah.
0: Um, I will say though. Uh, let me see. Let me just double check if this is correct. Um, so just so you know, this is actually mm. not his first film.
1: Oh, it is his
0: second film. But his what first was... film was made in nineteen ninety five.
1: Ah,
0: oh, well. He he wrote and directed it. Yeah, you know, he loves he taking young, a fifteen but... year.
1: He loves taking a fifteen year
0: break well, between movies. What was yeah. his first movie? Um, I, it is called The Four Corners of Nowhere. It is a feature length film it is the Wikipedia page
1: for this film does not even have a picture associated with it. It is just a text article.
0: Yes, that is correct. But yeah, but yes, but a rather inexperienced director, but still needs still. Yeah. Um no, I mean I, I, I guess I get that. I guess I just kind of it just doesn't bother me, but yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, so I mean, in my opinion, it's a good movie.
0: I enjoyed it. Not my favorite. Fair enough. I liked it. I think, I th- I think you need I, to be a little gayer. I think you should yeah, be a little yeah, gayer. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> always have, always will. I don't begrudge anybody loving it. There are things about it that, again, I'm like, oh, yeah, if this had hit me at the right time in my life, I'd be obsessed with it.
0: Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, do you have any, 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 any final thoughts?
1: Corey, you might know this actually. Is May Whitman the lead in that, like, what is it like a hulu series oh yeah we did by by john lackamore
2: when you brought up uh, alex lack no uh alex lackamore rather alex nope fuck me sideways thomas kale tommy kale oh tommy kale alex lackamore is a music supervisor for Hamilton, and i think that show uh up here on hulu it is Mm -hmm. bad okay yeah yeah i watched uh, it
1: and it sucks yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was one of those things where I'm like, oh, I feel like this would be advertised more if it was good. Um, so, notwithstanding that, um, uh, put May Whitman should be the lead
2: in a romantic comedy. I agree, and actually, yeah. May Whitman is really great in that. Mm-hmm. All the performances are solid, and I this is coming from me. The show just shouldn't be a musical. Like, it's mm. a super fascinating idea for a show that mm. I want to watch without the songs. And that's coming from me. Wow. Damn, that is... Literally harsh. a professional musical
0: theater director. Yeah,
1: wow, damn. Uh, yeah, so that's... that's uh, My final note is uh, put... Hey, uh... Fucking Nancy Myers make a movie with Mae Whitman. That'd be great. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. That's some dr- that's some like dream matchups for me right there. I'm I'm just gonna put that out into the universe. Just yeah. gonna. It'll never happen, but you know, maybe if yeah. we all think hard enough, it will.
0: Yeah, I mean Nancy's yeah. recently, RIP, recently free. Yeah. So yeah. Okay, no, someone's awful. picking it up. I thought. Oh, are they? I don't
2: know. I think Warner Brothers was in talks to pick it up.
0: That would be great because then it would go Look. on then it would go on HBO, which is the best streaming yeah. service. HBO I mean HBO
2: now is the best streaming service by a, a long shot. It's so much better than every other streaming yeah. service. Someone would be stupid not to pick up that Nancy Myers movie because then they would just be allowed to print their own money.
1: Yeah, and like a Nancy Myers movie would HBO God, I, I, like a really good Nancy Myers rom-com would do so well on HBO so Now. So well. It is so perfectly suited to their kind of business model.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah, so yeah, HBO as Max. As of 16th, uh, Warner Brothers is yeah. the first HBO Max, runner.
1: not HBO Now. God.
0: Same thing. What, what am used my, 20, to be HBO Now.
1: 27 years old. I remember yeah. a time where it was a different streaming service.
0: Yeah. HBO hey, Max, Warner Brothers, I know you're Discovery. listening.
2: Yeah. Oh, God. Close, um, the deal. Close that deal. Yeah, so, all right. Well, Corey... If you like what you hear, please be sure to like us and subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. Leaving a review also really helps out the visibility of the show. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at HHYNSPOD. A special thank you to our patrons. If you'd like a shout out on the show and bonus content, head over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash HHYNSPOD. And another sort of PS special shout out to some of our newest Spotify subscribers. That's a new analytic that uh, I'm allowed to see. And we've gone up like 15 subscribers in the last couple of weeks so Hell yeah. um that's Fantastic. that's if you're one of those people
0: thanks yeah if you are one of those people thank you for subscribing hit that five star button um if you are listening to this on spotify and you have not subscribed or on apple podcasts or on any of the other ones i like to poke around and see where people listen to this show and it's like mm. If you're, if you're listening to this on Podcast Addict, which I know at least one of you is. Podcast Addict. At least one of you is listening on Podcast Addict. Uh, hit that subscribe button.
2: Wherever, wherever. Smash that subscribe. Leave us a review. Next week, Caroline. Uh, here, we're going to
1: do a movie that I I cannot think of a significant way in which the movie we're doing next week resembles this movie at
2: all. You could not
1: have um, a more I different. I bet game. it has actors oh, in oh, it. Oh, there it, it has actors. Camera. It was shot on a camera. There is some driving around at
0: night in this movie. Um I assume there's probably a score.
1: There is a score. Yeah, it's kind of uh it's a little bit the same film. Basically, Basically the same. The, film. the
0: same the same movie. Oh, uh, <laughs> in it? No, I have no idea.
1: <laughs> oh, the version of this Oh, weirdly that made me We'll talk about this when we're done. Um, All right. So next week, we're going to be doing Denis Villeneuve's Enemy.
0: Ooh, a film that I have not seen. No. Uh, Well,
1: see you next week.